Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hurricane Ian made landfall this afternoon in southwest Florida, uh, and it is battering uh, areas in southwest Florida, Lee, Charlotte, uh, and counties even beyond that. Uh, we have seen uh, life-threatening storm surge, uh, as was predicted. Uh, we've also seen major flooding in places like Collier County, Sanibel, Fort Myers Beach. Yeah, this has been a horrible, absolutely horrible day for the state of Florida. A storm that was originally expected to grow to about a Category 4, but then to fade as it traveled north along the coast of Florida, slightly harming some of the coastal communities, but really tapering down to be a Category 2 minus, maybe even a Category 1 at landfall somewhere east of Apalachicola because it was going to have shear that was going to cut down on the operation of the storm and make it less damaging. Well, that shear pushed it east very consistently, bent it straight into the peninsula, no longer at Tampa, but landfall this afternoon at about 3.05 Eastern time, just outside of Fort Myers, Florida. And precisely because it didn't have time for that shear to slow it down and cause the damage to be less, it hit as a nearly Category 5 hurricane. Wind speeds of 155 miles an hour. That's just one mile an hour short of being a Category 5 hurricane. This is a huge, huge problem for the state of Florida. In his 5.30 briefing, the governor reported 12 foot of storm surge. That means water flowing inland over coastal barrier islands and across the entire basically flat surface of Cape Coral, Fort Myers, that area, to the height of a person standing on top of another person's head, 12 feet. 1.1 million people without power. That will, of course, grow over time because as the storm moves very slowly, now only moving at 8 miles an hour northeast across the state, it's continuing to drop massive amounts of rain. And the surge is really the thing. You know, there's a lot of things people don't understand about hurricanes. One is the fact that it really isn't the wind that kills people. The wind is what we measure for the category, but it's storm surge. Water is the main thing that is dangerous to people and to structures. Another is how bizarre it can be to have a thing coming for a week in advance. You know roughly where it's going to go, but until it actually makes landfall, you never know for sure what's going to happen. And we happen to live in northwest Florida. We're 400 miles away from the storm. But because people don't know the geography, you know, relatives are concerned. And I keep telling them it's not affecting us here. It could have, but it didn't. Another weird thing about hurricanes is that even very close to the eye of the storm, like Lake Okeechobee, which is only maybe 30 miles east of the eye, it falls right in a gap in what the storm is doing. So they're going to experience some wind, but almost no rain whatsoever. It's just dry right in that vicinity. And that's the strange thing. If you're another 30 miles to the east, you're getting flooded, but there's a gap because of the way the bands are structured. It's going to move north and east over the state of Florida, exiting around Daytona Beach and then coming back 
towards land when it's going to re-landfall again somewhere probably around Georgia, South Carolina, the coast there. But also, again, weird things with this storm. Rain has been pounding the entire main peninsula of Florida since basically Tuesday, and that rainfall continues even while the storm's eye is just over the southern main portion of the state. The rain is all over the entire northern portion up into Georgia and South Carolina. One of the things the governor made a note of today is that people tend to think of the danger from these storms as being the immediate effects, but it's actually the afterward stuff that winds up killing more people. Governor DeSantis asked his emergency managers to create a data set for what happened during Irma, and in that case, it was far more people killed after the storm than during it. And in Hurricane Irma, there were seven fatalities directly because of the storm, and there were 77 that were a result of post-storm. And a lot of that is standing water, down power lines, misuse of generators. Misuse of generators is a huge problem because the carbon monoxide, the fumes from the generators, people operate them in an inadequately aired out space and they die after the storm has hit. And in terms of overall severity for this storm, the governor mints no words in his press conference. He believes this is one of the top five worst hurricanes to ever hit the state of Florida, behind only the Labor Day hurricane, Andrew and Michael, which was afterwards upgraded to a Category 5. He said, this is the top five ever, and sadly, it's looking very much like that's going to be the case. The good news is that Floridians know how to handle this. We've done it before. We'll do it again. But for the next several years, that section of southern and central Florida will be recovering from this event. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.